Greetings, and welcome to another episode of Stories and Lies. By now, you probably know the drill. Links to all our stuff are in the show notes, including Discord, where you can hop on with other folks and organize playing RPGs, or just talk about and share things you're interested in. Speaking of which, relatively soon, we're starting our first community game, run by one of our Discord members, where we'll be playing the classic Call of Cthulhu scenario, The Haunting. By the way, this show is entirely donation-supported, so Patreon helps us keep the show going and improve our tools and resources along the way. If you'd like to support Stories and Lies and get access to bonus content, consider becoming a patron. Only a couple episodes left after this one. We just started playing the next story in our cycle, and we'll be releasing it immediately after Ladybug is concluded. That story sees Fred in 1986, working with M-Epic, and so far it's been a blast to run. Tom and Wes are joining Matt as fellow M-Epic agents from Fred's past. Okay, here's episode 17, Cherry Red Lipstick. But you gotta take this along. Implications. How dare you are, Mr. Morrison? I was looking all over the facility for you today. Have you been hiding from me? Ah, um, I haven't. Alright. Well, you're usually an easy man to find. And usually, you seem to find me first. It's just... Just odd to see you here in the art studio. Alone. Can you tell me why you're here? That, that nice blonde nurse left me here. Is that right? She gave me this nice quilt, you see. um, Tucked me in a bit. Into this wheelchair. Mm, I see. Like some damn old fossil. And is there a reason why you didn't simply stand up and walk out and... Go back to your room. I like watching the snow. Hmm. It's really coming down today, isn't it? So quiet out there, son. Uh, Snow hides everything. Even the noises. It's it's, it's like there ain't even a city out there anymore. Can't see the distant freeway. Nothing past the white-covered trees. And nothing but soft white. It's like I'm, um... Like I'm in a dream. Uh, the snow sure gave me a lot of trouble on my way into work. And a lot of work just having to shovel out my car and get it down the driveway to get here this morning. You live your whole life in snow, haven't you? I have. I suppose I'm used to it. It can frustrate me like any other weather, but I'm used to it. It's very normal to me. You know, I, I sort of feel like I'm trapped in a snow globe. You ever collect those things, son? No, I did not. Those are for tourists and people who have romantic notions about snow. Can we go, um, out there? She gave me this this quilt. I'll be fine. I just want to feel the snow falling down on me. I'm not wheeling you out into a snowstorm, Jacob. Maybe just open a window. These are safety windows. They don't open. What good are they, then? Do you let in the light? Fine. Fine. You, um... You want to talk about something else, then? Well, maybe you can explain to me why Willow would drug a small child and nearly kill her. I get that the kid was acting weird, but drugging her in her weakened state was just an absolutely ridiculous decision. And what is Dorothy doing about all of this? And is Fred gone for good? 
How could he possibly return to the hotel without leading the cult members who are following him right back to the girls he's trying to protect? It's a huge mess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got a lot of very valid questions, son. I assure you that if I were present in that situation, things would have happened in a much, much different fashion. But I wasn't. And they didn't. They happened in a fashion that, um, to this day, I regret ever having been unfortunate enough to have found out about. They tell me all your stories, all the little worries you cried. They tell me what the world needs, what to say, who to please, where my loyalty should lie. Twin Oaks Motel in Carlos, Louisiana. Yeah. It's a simple motel room, second floor room, facing the parking lot inside the room. The queen bed, the mattress has been taken off and pushed up against the window. And a far closet, Lindsay Peel is getting some much-needed rest. She's out of the picture. Willow, who has just woken up. Groggy, tired, frustrated, confused, decided um, to get some of her things out of her medical bag and, and poured a dosage of chloroform into a rag and turned quickly to Regina Balfour, six-year-old girl, and presses it up against her face. Before Dorothy, before you can even do anything, you see what's happening. But uh, she, she doesn't react. Um, and Willow, you... Grab the back of the little girl's head gently as you hold the claw from there. She doesn't really seem to struggle or react. She doesn't have any idea what you're doing. This is foreign to her. Um, and you see her eyes close and you feel her body go limp and fall back against the box spring of this bed. Uh, give me, um, I'll go medicine for Willow. Okay, I was going to say I would check her vitals and make sure I didn't just kill her. And then I got a 25 and I have a 50. Okay. Uh, it's easy for you to check. You go and, and press up against the side uh, of her neck uh, and you don't feel a pulse. The breathing is stopped and the pulse is, you feel again, it's very weak and you watch and feel and you don't feel an exhale of breath coming out of her. Now we're going to cut back to Lake Charles, Louisiana. So on the city streets of Louisiana, uh, the city, some cars drive by, no, but no buses, no taxi cabs, no ride share 
no trolley car, no public services. Um, and Fred is wandering back. Um, you go back to the federal building, right? Yeah, he just kind of walks and just stops. Fucking idiot. I can get a car. Goes back to the the office and just goes to the, the, the person he met like uh, 20 minutes ago. Um, and says, Look, there's a Chevelle in the parking lot. Tires slashed. I, I can't drive it anymore. Um, I need an agency vehicle. Wait, wait, um, what happened to your car? Tires have been slashed. I... Just now? Just just in the last half hour? Yeah, pretty much. Alright. This, this guy gets up from his chair, and he kind of walks with you, because he's just... He's, he wants to see this. So he goes outside with you, door opens, walks out. The, the only car there is a Chevelle. Yep. He looks at it, he kind of, you know, nods a bit, like, oh, this is, you know, not what he was expecting you to be driving in. Mm -hmm. um, takes a look winces as he looks at the tires uh looks at you and says who do you think did this well not too sure you know when when you're long on the job sometimes uh some people don't like me those people followed you to lake charles looks that way this is part of your case mm-hmm <sighs> he shakes his head and says, all right. And he, come, he goes back inside with you, you know. Hmm. He says, uh, you know, listen, I'm, I don't have the authority, but um, I don't think they're going to mind. Um, yeah, heck, we got some stuff in the motor pool I can, I can loan to you. You got to, you know how the drill, just bring it back in one piece. Um, sure. Here. He goes and gets the forms that you have to use to requisition a vehicle you know, from the department and, and copies the info, the vehicle, the reg number, the key number, you know, it notes the whole thing down, gets your badge number, ID, you fill, you know, we do the process. Paperwork is brought, done. It, it takes a good 10, 15 minutes or so. Signed, here's your copy, um, you know. And he leads you about to the motor pool. Um, he's given you a basically a, a vehicle pretty similar to what you've been driving. It's another mm -hmm. government K car. That's unmarked, so, you know, it's, it doesn't have an FBI badge or lights or anything, but it's pretty similar to what you've been driving in Houston. Agency Perfect. buys a whole lot of the same stuff, you know. Yeah. So it's, you're very familiar with how to use this vehicle. Mm. All right, gives you the keys and just looks at you like, any questions? No. Um, can you take care of the Chevelle in the parking lot? Just make sure, can it stay there? No, um, but I'll have somebody move it from... We don't have That's a right. truck available now, but we can get it moved in the morning. We'll put it back here in the restricted lot, and we'll keep it for you. Perfect. Thank you. I'm uh, much looking forward for this case to be over. Yeah, I can hear that. Sorry. Sorry about your car, man. All right. Yep. Yeah. So Taylor's got a question. Just going to interject with a fun fact um, about government cars. Uh, they do buy them in big lots like that they buy tons of them and they are all not so much anymore but especially in small towns and especially in the 90s they're all key to like all of them all over the country is one key 
and uh, they they finally have been changing that. But it's just it's just <laughs> cheaper. So if Fred had his keys on him, he could probably get in and start any of those cars. That yeah, would not surprise me. It's probably a lot easier. But, they have one set of key. Oh, they have yep. like twelve set of keys, same key for any of these vehicles. You know, they just keep track of which one did you drive. But yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Excellent. Yeah, and that's what you got, Fred. Uh, a key you're used to, a vehicle you're used to. You know, everything here is is uh, within your experience. So you're the only guy in the motor pool this evening. And you light start that car up. It's got a third a tank of gas. Actually, no. We'll we'll see. Yeah, not a half, but a third should be sufficient for our purposes. Yeah. All right. It'll get you around for a while. He um, he just leaves he leaves the chicken in the Chevelle. Like at that point, well, no, nah, oh. he. That's not true. He take he he just put it in the trash. At that point, that shit is cold. So whatever um he has his gun on him he's not leaving that in the car right um yeah he just locks the chevelle and, and drives away just drives away in lake right. charles he drives with no lights on so i mean you you pull up to the gate the gate's got a, a automatic system that opens for you you leave it closes behind you you yep. drive around the city streets with no lights on and we cut back to the motel room so uh Willow, um, you realize the girl's vitals are showing that she, she stopped breathing. What do you want to do? Uh, firstly, that would be shocking for me, right? Like, you go, oh, I must have done something wrong, right? That doesn't happen very often to Willow. So that would cause her to check, kind of self-reflect for a second. How tired am I? Did I just fuck up and kill this kid, right? And then immediately go in training. So if she's not breathing, she would start uh, CPR and uh, breathing and doing the whole routine, right? And checking. She should know exactly how to do this. She does. Right? Yeah. Okay. And um, I will make a roll for that. She's got inherent training on CPR. Um, Dorothy, what do you want to do while you watch Willow giving CPR to the six-year-old girl? <laughs> Dorothy's got her hand over her mouth and is just kind of watching. So I'm going to check something here as the CPR goes. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I'm just pondering the, I'm, I'm not a doctor, so I'm, I, I don't know all the process, but essentially you're, keep, you're, you're keeping oxygen going to the brain. You're keeping her alive and you're waiting until you get an indication that she's going to come out of it you know, her, her resume breathing herself. And um, so she has a little bit of a pulse, but no breathing. Right. So it would it, just be chest compressions at that point. Yeah. You don't really try to restart the heart. Try to keep breathing, keep the breathing, keep breath coming in and out and keep the blood flowing. All right. It, after about three or four minutes, Willow, you get a sense of a, a, an exhale come naturally from the girl and you slow down and wait. And she takes a breath and inhales. You feel a really faint pulse. On the side, but stronger okay. than earlier, and you you slow down, stop, and you see that the girl takes a breath, slow breath, uh, and breathes out, and you check her again, um, and if you feel like okay, she's she's alive. All right, okay. I got her here, but she's pretty weak. What do you want to do? I would lay her back with her head propped up and kind of sit back, uh, grab my bag and pull it over and look at uh, the medicine that I gave her 
um, like her actual medicine, which is a steroid. Yeah. And try and figure out where I screwed up on the interaction. Because, okay. like, I'd, I would probably look at Dorothy and not, like, unconfidently, but enough to be, like, might have fucked up. Yeah. And you come to that conclusion that basically, based on her weakened condition, her medical condition, you know, the, the drugs that she's already using, you, know, you kind of put two and two together and realize that, that was way too much. I gave her way too much. You know, that was bad. Uh, so you, you figure that out. Uh, Dorothy goes over to the window and just checks outside uh, or, or the people or whatever. Give me an alertness roll, Dorothy. No. It minus one. Uh, actually, you're you're not minus twenty though. You're still under. No, I'm not. Yes. Okay. They they can't be there if you never roll, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> that is absolutely how it works. Uh, thankfully, that's a thirty-four under forty. If I was minus twenty, that would not be a success. Right. I mean, looking at the people, what you're really looking at is the the, the balcony or the patio outside the second story room, um, and it's kind of a fisheye lens, so you don't have a great view here. Um, you don't see much of anything about the people. Um, nothing different okay. than the last time you were here. Okay. Um, is there is it a, a view of the parking lot at all? Sort of, but it's a kind of a weird fisheye lens view of the parking lot. Okay. It's all kind of distorted. It's nighttime, um, so parts of it are lit, and the lights have, kind of a, have a big halo effect on them. Uh, Can I see any cars? There's a few cars out there, yeah. Okay. She looks at Willow and she says, what now? Willow has her Altoid 10 out and takes one. Because at this point she's realized that she's behind and doesn't like being behind. Right. It'll, it'll take probably about five to ten minutes, but yeah, you know. But eventually you will feel the effects of the stimulant essentially getting rid of that penalty on you. Soon. So I look up at Dorothy and say, give me a couple of minutes to get my head back on straight because that was a little too close for comfort. And then we'll do the same thing to Lindsay. And then we can decide from there. But because I overdosed Regina, she's going to be out for at least the night. So uh, if we can get Lindsay into the same state, then we can make decisions that don't involve them affecting them. Yep, I got you. Oh, that'd be Willow's plan. And she'd go back to checking on Regina because she almost killed a little girl. And that would really fuck with Willow a lot. Yep. I think, um, let's have you roll Sandy for that. Yeah, I was waiting for it. That's <laughs> yeah, where we went through a ton of episodes where yeah, I didn't help, roll help. Sandy at all. Could be violence as well. This is like the third time this episode. A 38. So it's a success. So um, you, you do not lose any sanity, even though you were obviously concerned, but you've Willow feels that she took care of the problem sufficiently. So yeah, it doesn't weigh too much on her. So just in game mechanics and my lack of understanding, suppose I had killed Regina and that event had happened. Is there like a forced san or sand loss that can occur? Because that would... Yeah, it, definitely it's a, hurt Willow's it, psyche, it would. right? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's, you still roll for it. Uh, if you yeah. fail, there's a very, very large, but if you succeed, there's even there's still a small, even on a success for killing an innocent. Okay, I think it's okay. one, one D10. So you'd uh -huh. take one if you pass or one D10 yeah. if you fail. Yep. Yeah. 
Okay, that makes sense because it, it's gonna affect you, right? Like that's how the representation yeah. yep. of it affecting yeah. your mental state. And on on the table, it's uh, killing an innocent person, even for a good reason. Yep. Even for a good reason. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like that a lot. I love yep. some of the mechanics of this are great to me. So, Dorothy, are you looking at the door, or looking at the window? I'll I'll kind of go. I'll go to the window after looking at the people. Give me an alertness roll for the window. Okay. 35. Okay. Oh my God. Wow. Going up. Oh no. And that's, that's a success, right? That is a success. Okay. Yep. Um, so as you look out there, um, Dorothy, you count about 11 vehicles. Okay. Um, and you don't re- that seems more than you remember, but you can't quite remember how many used to be out there. Taylor remembers something like six. Actually, what's Dorothy's int? What's her intelligence? Very high, 85. Yeah, and, and that number, um, she, she remembers then. Uh, okay. That, that's about six more vehicles than, than about an hour ago, when, or even less when she last looked. Yep. Uh, she'll report this to Willow. She'll say they're here. Do you think that symbol affects them? <sighs> Frankly, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Those so we're having this conversation. Willow is now doing weapon inventory and ammo checking and stuff like that, laying them all out on the dresser. Right, so let's, rifle. let's do that right now. So Willow, you've got your weapon, which is go ahead and describe your weapon. So the rifle is a 300 blackout lever action carbine that is silenced and very much tuned for Willow's large frame. Uh, so it's got 10 in the slide and then I got another five on the comb. So I got 15 rounds with that, which is going to take out a body armored person. And then I have my M9, the, I always, the service end of it, right? With 11 rounds of 45 and an extra mag. So that's. And then you got, I think Dorothy, because I'd be asking Dorothy yep. for hers, right? I think Dorothy pulled the 9mm out of the Chevelle. Yep. So she's got a 9mm with another 10 rounds in it. Additionally, there are two shotguns that Lindsay has already loaded in a box of shells um, very close to the door. So that's, that's like, your uh, so these, are, these are your basic 12-gauge shotgun. Um, it's going to each hold like five shots, I believe. Like a and pump, it, like a hunting pump a Pump shotgun. action shotgun, yeah. Are they like like buckshot or like slugs? You, I don't know if Dorothy would know. Actually, oh, uh, out, of, out of character, Willow we're dealing with buckshot. That we're dealing with. Okay. Yeah. So which, which is, is perfect. A, a close range weapon. Okay. And also good for interiors. And, yeah. and humans. Really good for humans. Yep, yeah, true. Um so I would there's two shotguns. That's fantastic. There are two shotguns, both loaded. I would ask Dorothy if she's ever used one of these. Um, you know, I, so, I, I think so. I assume that, you know, with her dad, she probably had gone hunting before. I think she's definitely gone target shooting. This is definitely um, the kind of thing you hunt doves or something like that with. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a 
he's kind of a rural guy, and so I think probably. Okay. So you'd say definitely take one of these, keep it right next to you until we're on the other side of this. Point and shoot. Humans will, you know, one shot this range. You're good. Um, okay. Yeah, but she does. Give her the pistol back. Keep this on, you know, in your belt. Um, Will do. Is there... What's the rear of the room like? Is there a window in the bathroom? Is there a door? There's not a back door, right? There is no back door. As you step into the bathroom, there's no window. There's basically where the window would be is a sh- there's a shower. and the, But there's no window in the shower. So you've got a shower, built-in, um, toilet, sink. That's all there is in the bathroom. Flat wall, closet. There is one door and there's one window. That's the, that's the only access point to this room or exit from this motel room. Okay. So it's just a shower. It's not like a tub combo shower. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's the two, the shower tub. Yeah. Okay, at this point, I would say I know Lindsay's asleep and we could just let her stay asleep, but I assume everything's kicked in and I have my wits about me and I can do the math properly. I can just dose her and she'll be out for the amount of time we need her to be out. Okay. So then I would do that. Get a right dose of chloroform for Lindsay's approximate weight and physicals. And And based on Willow's skill level, I won't make you roll for that. uh, Your stimulants have kicked in and you're back to normal. So you'll pick the right amount and give it to a sleeping Lindsay. Um, And she breathes it in as she sleeps and you see her here to be uh, in a deep slumber if she wasn't already in a, a deep slumber when you started um, it probably, probably more relaxed now though yeah, right a little more relaxed probably is what you see uh, and her head slumps over face almost to the floor hair in her face uh, kind of shallow breaths and she lays there kind of still curled up in the closet okay so is the closet out of the line of fire no let's just I tell Dorothy, let's just go ahead and move her and we'll put her in the bathtub. We'll put Regina in there with her. I'll be. You can make him as comfortable if you want. We should maybe also. I mean, how, how much stuff is there around the room that's like. There's clearly a little girl here. Like. You know what I mean? Not a lot. Of st- okay. Really, because um, you have no little girl suitcase. You have no little girl backpack, right. for instance. Yep. Um, right. No little girl change of clothes was brought with you. There's snack wrappers, uh, pieces of paper with drawings of a- black angels. Uh, hmm. um, you know, piece of paper with drawings of strange-looking squiggly stars. Uh, there's that. Uh, but she'll she'll take those and she'll actually she'll grab the star and fold it up and put it in her pocket and she'll put the angel drawings like in a drawer, like put them away. Well, Dorothy's doing that. I want to check the window again. All right. So looking at the window, give me an alertness roll for Willow. 52, which is a fail of okay. 30. Um, the, uh, there's bright parking lot lights that on poles that shine down. Um, and there's also lights around the walkway right outside your room. And those kind of bright lights, that's what you see when you look out the window and you don't see what's in the darkness behind them. Okay. But I don't see anybody at the door. There's no one at the door. There's no one on the, on the balcony walkway either. Um, it's still, okay. It still look, looks quiet still. 
right, go back to making preparations. So one note, um, the people probably know what we look like. Right. I, I'm aware that I'm striking. <laughs> hard to hard to disguise. Like if they see me, they know I'm very easy to give a description of and sure. right. Yep. Um so we got Lindsay and Regina in the tub. We got all the evidence of craziness cleaned up. I like right. the mattress idea. Uh, and I like the dresser idea. I think we should put the dresser back in front of the door. All right, good. Okay. Furniture is moved back. Mattresses moved back. Do you want to cover the whole window or still leave that sliver open? Leaving the sliver. Okay. Anything and else you want to do? I don't, Dorothy, got any other thoughts? Because it could be us versus a whole bunch of church-going, cult-crazy what, 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 people what, what, with what guns. What is this could? What is this I mean, good word. I'm hoping the symbol thing. Like, I don't know. Can you carve the same thing above the window? I. I mean, Tom. I don't think it's going to help. I think one thing you do know is uh, this is a symbol that was taught to her by her daddy. Yeah. So her daddy's got ways around it. Well, or at least her daddy's people would. It's possible. So look, if they come yeah. in force through that door, we're going to kill like six or seven and then they're going to kill us and they're going to take Regina. That's how that's going to work. If they have 20, we're dead. If they have 10, we might make it. It depends there's on how badly least, they want her. There's at least five or six more cars than there were before. And <laughs> probably I'm assuming some of those are trucks. Fred, Fred, Fred's on the way. Fred is on the way. So, um... Anything else you want to do in the room before we cut back to Fred? Uh, you could, get ready. You could ask okay. for help from an angel. I mean, you're not wrong, actually. I'm sure Willow would at least say fucking George at some point. <laughs> um, Actually, is... No, never mind. So if, as we're thinking, let's cut back to Fred. So Fred, you are zooming down the, the 10 freeway, <laughs> headed, oh, yeah. headed westbound. You see the exit for Sulphur. You take that exit, you turn around, and the little uh, clover leaf, you know, heading south towards Carlos. All right, zooming in your brand new vehicle. He he probably skips lights. He, like, misses, like, two accidents. Uh, just barely hits a couple of cars. Uh, he's driving fast. Uh, his gun is right on his lap. Um, and he knows probably he's gonna kill someone tonight. Um, he's he's booking it. Um, yeah. And so Fred, you make it down. You're you're down downtown, Carlos, which is a pretty not very busy downtown as far as downtowns go. Mostly shuttered businesses. You see that gas station from earlier that day that you all stopped at. You make the right turn on Carlos uh, Drive. You know, the street that you know the, the, the motel is on. You start driving down. You're almost there. All right. Now give me an alertness roll, Fred. Sure. Oh, my God. One point off. Failure. 31. But because of the exhaustion... It makes I'm, sense. I'm, yep, I'm one point off. It makes sense. Fred's a... Yeah. 
So, um, at Fred, you pull right up to the, the where the parking lot area is. There's two entrances in the parking lot. You just swerve around some cars that are parked on along the curb there. Go right past them. Drive in the parking lot. There's several cars there. You stop your vehicle in the parking lot of the Twin Oaks Motel. Um, you're here. What yep. do you do? He's in situa situations like these. He, he's very calm and he usually knows what to do. He's gonna wait. He's just gonna look around, see if 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 there's a sh if a shootout happened, if one is going to happen, if there's people uh, in the parking lot, you know, moving, or if there's movement, or if it's if everything is still and calm, he's gonna stay there. The back window of your patrol or your borrowed vehicle busts open. And you hear a loud shatter as a bullet goes right through it. The bullet cracks through the driver window as well. So you hear the boom, bang, bang, crack, crack, both with glass go. Um, and, you, and you see this, the pattern of, of, the, of the windshield just sh you know, shatter in all directions from the, uh, the impact of the bullet. It doesn't hit you, but you know what's going on. Yep. He, uh, so... Fred, he jumps. Fred's a 50 dexterity as far as order goes. And then, um, it's it's loud enough. I'm not going to make you guys roll for it. Up in the room, you guys heard a, a crack, a rifle crack is a sound that you heard from inside your room. Somewhere outside, someone fired a rifle is what you heard. Dorothy ducks. So, uh, Fred, you have the first action, though, because you're in, in the midst of it. What do you want to do? Yeah, he, he recoils from the, from the shot. It surprises him because he... he thought that it was action wasn't going to happen behind him rather in front of him but it's it's totally not what happens um he he's afraid uh for maybe three seconds and then the training kicks in he is going he was shot in the back right yeah you heard the impact from the back window then it hit the front yep. window immediately after he's going to swing open the driver door very quickly and and, and basically just crouch to the front of the car Okay. So, Fred, give me a dodge roll. Yep. As he's running for cover using the front of the vehicle. I need, I need the dodge for subsequent fire. Failure. What's just what's the number? Uh, 47. Okay. I mean, the number is important for, for, for my purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, because, yeah, it's contested and stuff. Right. So, um, Fred is moving. He's a moving target. And he's moving around the vehicle with his, his training to get to the front, you know, where he has cover. From fire. Um, yep. <laughs> oh, sorry, Fred. All you're right. gonna kill us, Tom. Give it to me. But, um, but that, that, Give it to me. But um, Alfred, as you're moving, you f you feel the impact, and it hits you on the side. Yep. Uh, it, it a weapon it hits you in the side as you're moving around the vehicle. So um, it's it's five hit points worth of damage, which is pretty significant. But it's not gonna Ooh. kill Fred. But that's, um, I don't think Fred's wearing any body armor as well. Uh, uh, no. Yeah, so you you feel that impact hit you in the side, almost it's almost where your hip is. All right. Yep. Um, it's, and that, it'd be a through and through with a rifle. So it goes it goes through, and you make it around to the front of the vehicle. Hang on. He, he lets out his uh, 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 grunt. And Collapses to the ground, but knows he has to get to the front ASAP, or else he's dead. There are um, two more shots that ring out. Neither one hits you, but you 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 hear them almost immediately after the first one hits you, and you make it to the front grill of this vehicle. 
Right, inside the hotel room, three more shots ring out somewhere outside. So three total or six total? So, so there have been four shots that you've heard four outside. Shots. So, uh, Willow, you've got the weapon. I'll give you the first action if you want it. So this is in Willow's wheelhouse very much. She's looking for targets and shooting. Anything that's not Fred is getting shot. <laughs> not Fred with a weapon, sorry. All right, so Willow, uh, is the window open or closed? Window's closed. Okay. And right, so you're going to shoot through the glass. It's not going to make any difference to this right, round. And now the interior lights are on in the room you're in, right? Yep. Okay. And that's going to reflect against the window as well. And outside is a dark environment. Yeah, it's all bad. It's all bad. Yep. <laughs> but give, give me a firearms roll and I'll I'll do the math in my head with the, the hidden shot. And then we'll do, we'll do Taylor next. A dark environment with a giant parking lot light. Yeah, unfortunately, the light is not where the targets are. Yeah. That's the, that's the bad yeah. news. They're outside of the light. Yeah, they hid in the dark. All right, firearms, 60. And what's, what's her firearms? Her, her skill is 60, right? Yes. And what's, what's the roll? 28. Okay. And despite the environmental difficulties that I just described, um, Willow, you are able to pick up somehow um, a reflection of somebody. All right. And you take a shot and give me, roll the damage for that weapon. That's more than that. That rifle. It's, it's a lethality, I think. I think Isn't it's. It? Yeah. Is it ten percent? I think. On that rifle. I, or, it's either ten it or twenty. 15. I don't remember. I so, think we settled on like fifteen. Uh, fifteen sounds about right. I'm rolling a d hundred again. Yeah, roll d hundred for me, and tell me if you get fifteen or less. And if you don't, uh, tell me what the two numbers are. Seventy and a two. Okay, so it's going to be 7 plus 2 is what we're dealing with. That's not lethal, but that's still 9 points of damage. It's basically a 2d10 or lethal is what we're dealing with, which is, you know, either way, that's great. All right. Um, so, Willow, you, when you, the shot, you know, fires out, you feel the kick, and a moment later, down, down scope, um, you see some movement of something uh, body-shaped flying backwards. But as far as you can tell, it's, and it's out of your view. It's like it moves, falls back, and it's out of your view. Um, but you you pretty confident you got a solid hit. What does Dorothy want to do? Uh, at this point, um, I don't know. I, I think she's going to have the shotgun in hand. She's going to kind of wait sort of by the, not by the door, but like um, away from the window. Okay. And one more thing, um, that window glass shattered out when you took that shot. As oh, well. yeah. Yeah. So, so I should have less the reflection went. problems and everything, too, but they know exactly where I am. Yeah. And I'm illuminated so, yeah, they, from behind. Like, it's all bad. Yes. That's, that, those are two bad things. All bad. Actually, um, uh, hang on. Except I don't care who they are. They didn't expect that to happen. Because this, the rifle makes no noise. So they they heard the glass shatter and one of their dudes went flying. Basically, yeah. Yeah, like it's a it's a scary, scary weapon. I think in this moment, man, I'm really tempted to 
pull out the paper and pen and and start drawing the circle and see where that gets me. Uh, so just to be clear, are you drawing the circle on a piece of paper or are you going to draw it like on a surface other than the Do paper? I have something that I could use to draw it on the ground? Give me a luck roll and let's see what we what you have available. Uh it's a 65. Okay. So you, at one point, you had gathered materials, um, and you probably left them in the yeah. Chevelle. So all you yeah. have is what is in this room right now. You'll have to scrounge uh, for ingredients and things from this hotel room, whatever you could come up with. Um, she probably has a knife on her. I would guess, maybe. I would say. Well, well, well um. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure what there would be in this hotel room. I've got a pencil or a pen or something. I don't, is it a carpet? It's a carpeted floor. Um, the bathroom is linoleum. It's cheap linoleum. And um, what's Dorothy's okay. int? The 85. She's got a makeup bag. Oh yeah. Okay. Duh. All right. Yeah. She'll, she'll bust out her uh, cherry red lipstick and, uh, and, and go to the linoleum and start drawing the circle and inscribing the sigils. Excellent. Oh, I just want to reiterate that there is basically two bodies in the tub next to you. Just yes. sl- yep. very breathing very very shallowly. All they got to do is chant, baby. Okay. All right. So, um, in the moment, we're going to go back to uh, essentially the start of this thing. Fred, uh, you are behind cover as far as you can tell, but you and you don't know exactly where the shooters are. Um, yeah. Above uh, you. Uh, there are the lights of the parking lot on these large poles illuminating down in the area that you're in. Um, the shots, as far as you can tell, came from outside the illuminated area, um, probably across the street somewhere. Uh, behind you, obviously, you have a general idea, but you don't, unless you want to stick your head out, you don't know where these shooters are. And you, maybe you don't want to do that. What do you want to do, though, Fred? Um, is he fairly close to the actual building, like the actual motel? So where you're parked, uh, we'll say it's about ten feet to the room's first floor. Uh, there are two different staircases to get to the second floor, and neither staircase is near you. They're in either direction, right or left. You have to run mm-hmm. to a staircase, ascend to the balcony, and then run to the room on the second floor. Yeah, um, he's gonna. Kind of semi-crouched in front of the uh, of the black agency car. He's going to look out in the dark, try to see anything. He doesn't see shit. So he's going to wait just a second, turn, and sprint full speed uh, to one of the staircases. So uh, there's two options. There's one staircase very close to the office. The yep. second staircase is on the opposite end of the motel, at the end of the L-shaped bu- of the building, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that one is kind of almost on the corner of the lot. So there's mm-hmm. that one, or the one that's close to the office. Those which one? Which one would offer him best cover? Um, they're equidistant, so mm. I'll let you choose which one you think is a better option. Well, L-shaped. All right. So you're basically running um, perpendicular to where the shots came from. That's what you're doing. Yep. So at yep. a nine degree angle. Give me a dodge roll as you sure. run across the parking lot. Four. All right. So, Fred is moving. Um, yep. Is Willow in the scope, or are you 
do are you eyeball how are you looking through for your targets well so i went after the shot saw the body registered a hit i would have pulled out of the scope to cock the lever and probably look for dorothy because i would have expected a reaction and and, and you see Dorothy basically flee to the bathroom. That's what you see. That, that's fine, right? Like, that's totally fine. As long as she took the shotgun with her, we're good, she right? Did. Yep. I don't think, I don't think she, no, she did you? She, she would have taken okay, it with her. Good. Okay. She probably would have put it on the sink or something, but yeah, she would have taken and it with her. And Willow's no problem, right? She knows back in the scope looking for targets. Like, okay. that would have been how she flowed through that. Right. So um, I'm doing some thinking in my head real fast as Willow's looking back all right okay so um i'm just a couple of a couple of shots ring out so let me just go through real quick here that one right. willow would be doing her best to be in cover like yeah. this is a combat situation so right so here's what we happen um as fred is running um fred you hear more shots ring out rifle shots click go bam bam Bam. And then Willow, wow. you actually hear one impact the side wall close to where your window is. It hits the stucco on the outside of the motel. Okay. But not not that far from the window. Okay, but it doesn't come through into the room either. Yeah, it didn't hit the glass or the room. Okay. Alright, Fred, you make it to the stairs without being hit. Uh, you is, Give me an athletics roll. I want to see how his sense of how far he's going. Four again. <laughs> All right. Despite Fred's exhaustion, yeah, uh, he's right on adrenaline at this point, and yep. he's he's bounding stairs three at a time. He he's rounds pretty the athletic. Corner. Yeah, he's got fifty athletics, so he's he's fucking running. All right, and Fred, you're now on the second floor balcony. You are running towards the room. Um, Willow, give me a alertness roll. I'm gonna see if she can pin any uh any of these targets. Oh, I think so. Twenty-seven. Out of 30, right, plus the stimulants, because she is... Yeah, the stimulants have her now normalized, is what you've got. So you lost okay. the penalty. All right. Um, what you see, Willow, as you're searching through your scope is basically um, the bed of a truck. Uh, someone is basically got a rifle perched over the um, the bed, the side of the truck. You know what I mean? Like they're okay. laying in the bed of the truck. The rifle's over the side of the truck. They're parked out in the street. And you see somebody there from your second story vantage point um, who's moving with his rifle and trying to get a beat on something. Okay. So do you take a shot or keep looking? Absolutely take a shot. Right, go for it. Ooh, 28. 28. That'd be a success, right? Take a, yeah. Also, the stipulates are good now, so she's on. She's on uh, uh, 60, right? Firearms? 60, yeah. Yeah, that's a success. Give me the... Uh, the damage for that, which is the percentile damage. The 2d10. Yeah. Uh, 62. And this is the one where if I get right. a 15 or less, it's a kill, it right? It just kills him. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but 62 is pretty significant damage. It's, a, it's actually an 8, but whatever. Eight, right. Um, you know. But you see, you see it impact the guy. You see the guy slump into the back of the truck bed after the shot hits him. It doesn't make a sound when you fire it. Um, is, is there a flash suppressor on this, or... Yeah, so they, there's no muzzle flash that they're seeing or anything. They they should see my silhouette though, like at least yeah. like half of me sticking out. Yeah, 
But the yeah. the gun itself, they can't necessarily tell I'm shooting. Yeah, so, yeah it's called a blackout for a reason. Right? I say, excellent. So he you you impact this guy, he he collapses into the back of the truck bed. Um uh, I don't even know if Fred would even notice this happening. Frankly, no. he wouldn't. Yeah. So Fred, you're running past rooms, you hit the corner where the room is, you go right to the, the front door, you're at the door of the room, Fred. Um, you have an action. What do you want to do? Um at the top of the stairs, my question would be, is there like a guardrail? There is, but it's it's not it doesn't offer cover. Yeah. There's okay. railing, but it's not like a wall. It's, it's like wrought iron, right? Like yeah. Yeah. little twirly things. <sighs> He's gonna wait at the if it's in this like in the middle of the staircase. Is there like cover? Like is it like the way it goes up? Is he like completely behind concrete? So um, as it goes up, you're behind the concrete of the stairs. But yep. to the side of you is that wrought iron railing, mm. which has a view of the street. Okay. So it doesn't really offer much cover at all. Shit. Um, crap. He tried to ba- basically just crouch down uh, in the stairs. Okay. And listen... Like, of course, it's hard to listen because there's shots being fired and then just cracking everywhere, except for the blackout. But as soon as he hears someone go up the stairs, he'd go up to just fucking slug him. Okay, so he's going to kind of wait on the stairs to ambush? Yep. Um, okay, understood. All right. So that's where we'll keep Fred there and not at the room. All right. So yep. Fred's there waiting for ambush. Uh, Fred, you do hear like some whistling sounds, but not mm. nearby. Further, okay. further out in the parking lot area. Gotcha. All right. Um, Willow, you notice some car lights turning on out in the street. Headlights turning on. So for some vehicles. How many sets? Uh, you see, uh, as you look without the scope, about four vehicles have turned their lights on. Trying to figure out. Wes would shoot again, or Wes would want to take targets. I'm trying to think what Willow would do. Willow would. Can I see Fred? Can I see. You the, do not see Fred. I don't Fred see. Is, is hidden. Yeah. He disappeared when he went like into the staircase for me. Yeah. Yep. You saw Fred run perpendicularly towards the stairs. That's the last you've seen of Fred. How many turns does it take Dorothy to draw the sigil? I'm going to say, oh, goodness. Let me, let me check real quick. Hang on. All right. I rolled a five. So <laughs> arbitrarily. Um, and that's, that's really like not even a minute. So probably a little longer. I mean, yeah. it's going to take a minute or it's two, like, two. It's like 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, it, rounds in, in Delta Green are like three to four seconds. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty quick. So um, we're going to say it's going to at least a couple minutes for her to draw this thing. So if I saw four sets of lights come on, she'd move the mattress the rest of the way in front of the window to block off the light and move gotcha. over behind the door and okay. start listening while reloading. Right. So she listens. All right. Um, outside, you can hear not really well. Uh, the roar or the rumble of truck engines. Fred here's a, a better job of listening to it. All right, and Fred, you you hear some vehicles moving out there. You know, in this from the street in the parking lot, uh, changing their position. Um, you uh, rumble around. You you hear cars going or tires going over curbs. Cars, uh, tires squealing. Cars moving. Things adjusting. Um, does Fred take a look at all at what's going on? No, he's he's hearing what's happening. That's okay. enough for him. So I mean, for 
it probably takes about almost a minute. And then um, noises, the noises die down, but you still hear a low rumble of idling vehicles outside. Hmm. And Fred, you can tell there's a lot more light being cast towards the motel. Okay. All right. And then, Fred, you, you feel something on your shoulder. Also, just as a note, Fred, you are bleeding. <laughs> We've kind yeah. of ignored that possibility. But he yeah, he's, is leaking he's like bleeding blood on the onto stairs. the stairs. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on his shoulder? Uh, it, it's going to be your side near your hip. Kind of look. He, oh, shit. I, he yeah. looks. I mean, the adrenaline's keeping him going. He's, he's functional. You know, he is ignoring the pain. He's in shock. But you, you're leaking bodily fluids onto the stairwell. Yep. All right, and it's kind of seeping down a little bit and dripping on a couple of stairs. But um, a little grasshopper flutters and lands on your back, is what you see. He just kind of English. He would say something at it, but he's trying to keep silent. Um, he's gripping his, his gun very hard to, to basically just swing with the, the butt of the weapon as soon as someone appears. Okay. Um, he's, he knows he's in a shit situation right now. Uh, a couple a couple more grasshoppers, little wings fluttering, flapping, flapping kind of skitter and land near the first one uh, next to you on the staircase. Uh, right in front of you, a couple more land on, on, on the railing above you. Um, you hear a buzzing sound in the distance. Tries to kind of shoot them away as quietly as possible. I mean, as you shoot them, hand. they fly and flap around and like, basically dodge you. But then yeah. six, seven, eight more start dropping and landing, and the little feelers and the little antenna moving around, the little wings flutter and flick, and kind of they rub their little limbs together a little bit, start landing in small groups and pods around you, up in the railing. A bunch of little grasshoppers start gathering above you. And you start hearing the sounds more and more and more of their wings fluttering in the distance. It drowns out the noise of the engines. It drowns out your heartbeat and any other other sounds of the electric lights and whatnot. In fact, the lights in the parking lot start to dim as this buzzing and gathering and swarming begins to happen in the parking lot of the Twin Oaks Motel. As little grasshoppers start to gather and land on all the vehicles parked in the parking lot. Um, they land on the balcony. They land on the walkway. They land on the side of the building, the walls. They start inside the, you hear on the windows. They start pelting against the windows and, and landing. And in this moment, um, Dorothy completes the circle, completes the drawing, she finishes it up. Um, Dorothy, you're in the bathroom. The light's on. There's a buzzing sound from that bathroom fan that's just unending. You don't hear the grasshoppers outside. Uh, people are sleeping in the tub next to you. And you finish the circle, Dorothy. What do you want to do? La, Narlato, Waga, Noggle, Isker, Borat, L, And she just repeats it. Um, Willow, you hear the sound of chanting coming from the bathroom. Um, there's also the sound of bugs hitting the window. Large bugs. Grasshoppers. Locusts. Starting to pelt the window beyond where the mattress is. And there's a chanting coming from the bathroom. 
repeating the same sounds you heard from the recording. La, Malato, Waga, Nagel, Isker, Boret, L. I put the rifle on the dresser, pick up the shotgun, and walk to the where I can see in the bathroom door and just kind of check on Dorothy. Dorothy, describe yourself. So she's standing um, probably like sideways, like perpendicular, um, closer to the tub facing like the sink or whatever. Um, but so she can still kind of see out and um, and she's kind of just looking down at the circle and like sort of holding her hands out um, down and just kind of like doing this sort of like weirdly confidently um and do you think does she see willow um i don't think she does i up to it's up to you if you see her coming behind you because she's pretty focused what do you think uh if she does she's just gonna put a thumb up just like a you know give her a thumbs up so willow sees the thumbs up and uh 20-something years of church kicks in as she starts chanting with her. Uh, <laughs> excellent. So, um, I want to have both Dorothy and Willow roll POW for me. Your power. Let me know if it's Oof. success or failure. And then we'll cut the Conveniently, I have a very high POW. Excellent. Let's see what we got. Ooh. 66 oh, under 70. Oh. Which is a critical success. Um, I also have a very high pow at 70 and I rolled a 20. All right. 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 Um, So as the light slash fan in the bathroom starts to flutter and shudder and dim, we'll cut back over to Fred. Um, Fred, you are starting to get swarmed by locusts. They are starting to land all over you. Uh, yep. Their little antennas, their wings, their limbs, their little creepy little grasshopper bodies landing and scattering and moving and crawling on you. Um, Fred, roll sanity for me. Yep. Fumble, uh, 77. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fred, what's, you're, just tell us your breaking point. Uh, my breaking point is hold on. Uh, forty-four. Uh, no, wait. My breaking point is at forty, and at the moment I am at forty-four. Uh, I, I was worried about that because th- this is a with a with a fumble. This is four. Um, so <laughs> before we have him take the full city loss, if, unless he wants to, do you want to project it on one of your bonds? Yes. Um. Hmm. Yeah. I uh, I think he'd project on. Um, he does have Matthew Carpenter as a as an added bond. Uh, he'd project on him. Okay. Because because these these you know these big heads in the whole this whole thing about fighting back things beyond mankind and whatever they just tell you what to do here and there. But are they really you know boots on the ground just getting shot and swarmed by God knows what? course not so roll d4 yep hold on what the fuck is that 
Okay. That's a two. Okay. So the reduce the loss by two, he loses two more willpower points as well. And, and two from his bond with Matthew Carpenter. Oh, man. So where's he at willpower right now? Uh, three. Okay, yeah. Which is one... We're almost at unconscious, so yep. Fred is, Fred's not doing well. He's he's just... Yep, he's not doing well at all. all right, this is helplessness. You can check that box if it matters. <laughs> and uh, what do you want to do, Fred, as the, you're starting to be swarmed by bugs? Honestly, at this point, I think he was trying to, like... His, his rational mind was telling him to stay put and, and the likes, but at this point, he thinks the, the locusts are everywhere. So he's just going to blindly run through the swarm trying to find the door. Okay. So the correct gonna, one. He raises up along the balcony, and, and and it's a swarm. In front of you is a swarm on the balcony, in the air, the parking lot. The, the lights the parking lot have been covered by these bugs. Yep. which has dimmed all the lighting. The lights on the balcony are being covered. The bugs are attracted to the light almost. Like they're swarming around the light sources, sticking to them, you know, and dimming it all out. And, it's, yep. and Fred, you fight through the... You wave your hands wildly. He's, he's yeah, fight. he's flailing. Yeah, uh, running yep. towards the door of this room. Cut uh, back to Dorothy and Willow in, in the bathroom. Um, the fan gets weak and weak and weak, the bathroom fan. That, that irritating noise and stops as the light dims. All right. And then from somewhere behind the toilet, in the shadows of this room, um, the, the shadow just almost like it just pulls itself out from the space behind the toilet in the motel. I, I like like a, a blob of living darkness comes out and spreads itself and unfolds itself in this small, cramped motel room bathroom and rises up, you know, spreading out uh, before you as the darkness is kind of, the room becomes dark. The light above you is out. And it rises up, its wings unfurl behind it, um, crowded and cramped in this tiny environment. And the, the dark figure, uh, a head of just blackness, almost like it's covered with a cloak or a shroud. These long, unnaturally long limbs, you know, two arms and legs and a strange, weird, uh, nebulous torso before you, a mere feet in front of you in the small bathroom. Uh, both of you roll sanity. 27. Success, under, right? Yeah, under 69. Uh-oh. So for so, Dorothy, it's one point of sanity only. Seven. Holy Amazing. cow! Okay. Because you rolled, I, I rolled well for you. But how does Damn. How does Willow do? Seventy-six. A failure. Yeah, I have sixty-six. All right. So that's five for Dorothy, unless she wants to project some. Or Willow, excuse me, for Willow, unless she wants to project some of that, but she probably does. Um, I I would recommend it. I would really, really recommend it. Yep. Oh. Does only because I want to is do the role play of it. I'm gonna. Mm. It, it, it's up to you. Yeah. Projected on zero. 
All right, uh, so roll a d4 for me for your relationship with Jiro. Let's see how this hurts him. Please roll low. It's definitely his, like, he should have come to bat. When I called and said I needed help, like, yep. he should have showed up and helped. All right, d4. It's a four. All right, so your relationship with Jiro... Um, takes four damage. The bond is reduced by four. But Ouch. Willow also loses four willpower points. So where does that put her? Uh, drops from... Not great, Bob. <laughs> yeah, not great, Bob. <laughs> uh, seven from 11. Okay, good. Yeah, she's, she's a tough one. All right, but yeah, she's feeling it. And she takes one point of sanity damage from unnatural. All right, as both of you see this angelic, dark angelic figure arise before you in the bathroom. Um, and its wings seem to sort of very slowly um, undulate, fold and unfold, like, like slow motion flapping in the confined room before you. And you look at its dark, featureless face. It looks down upon you, even upon Willow. Its head is basically touching the small the ceiling of his bathroom, and it's right in front of you. It's here. You've summoned whatever this thing is. It appears before you. Now, it doesn't make any noise. It looks like living darkness, um, and it's here. To to um, to bring back something that you said a long time ago, when Dorothy was first investigating this, this appears to be a ritual for communication. And so that's what's in her head when she does this. And so she feels like, or is assuming, that they're going to be okay. Yeah, I think the, her one point of sanity reflects that, and also her she has critical success as well. But we'll play that out of character. Um, what do you want to do, Dorothy? It's, it, it, something is before you. It is here in the room before you. Something made of living shadow.